To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just ain't the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers welcome to the opinionated bench warmers podcast episode 96 it's your PNA Bench Warmers back for another edition of the podcast. The voice you're hearing right now is Rob. I have Ramon in here, as he's always in here, as we are maneuvering through the NBA playoffs. Ramon, I'm not even going to ask you how you're doing because I already know how you feel. We're going to try to get through this episode without shedding a tear. <laughs> but first off, we want to thank all the listeners and followers for Rocking with us with the opinion of the bench ones. Make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, just search opinion of the bench warmers on wherever that may be and make sure that you're subscribed and leave a review. If you feel inclined to share with a friend, make sure you follow us on O underscore bench warmers on Twitter and Instagram. And like I said, the voice you're hearing right now is Rob Ramon is in here. Shout out to Los in his absence. As always, we're here to give you some more playoff coverage. Ramon, what's up, man? What's up, man? I, I was trying to see what the playoffs still going on. Is it is it still happening at this point, bro? Because honestly, at this point, I'm, <laughs> I'm a little closer to tapped out based <laughs> upon what we just recently experienced. So, uh, but you know, I'm not gonna not gonna do the li- listeners like that, man. We still got a lot of good stuff to cover, man. We still got, um, you know, some things to say about what's transpiring. So. Uh, I know you're gonna have a, a probably a rant or event session, an epic rant. Well, I gotta be, be on the this ranter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know you <laughs> gonna have one rolling. Uh, so we might as well get into it, man. We might as well just get into it, bro. Yeah, well, to answer your question, in my mind, the NBA season ended last night, and I mean, hey, look, we we're looking forward to the all season, but like you said, we have a job to do for the listeners. So let's dive into it, man. Uh, as anticipated as the listeners and followers know our Los Angeles Lakers were put out of the playoffs in six games by the Phoenix Suns. Um, I think from the overall scope, just I I could say that the series pretty much flipped in game four in the first half in the second quarter when AD went down with injury and it seemed like we never was the same. There's so much to unpack here. Uh, let's just start off right where it is. I mean, Devin Booker had a historic performance, uh, 57 points. 47, uh, 47. 47, I'm sorry. 47 points that put us the way. It seemed like he was on another level. He showed what type of talent that he has. He showed why he is probably one of the future superstars of this league, probably a future MVP uh, recipient as well. But 
you know, it, let's just talk about that, man. Let's just talk about the Suns and the performance and the game in general. Uh, a tough game six. Um, of course, the Lakers had to win at home to push it to seven, and it didn't happen. Uh, AD only lasted five minutes into the first quarter before he had to take a seat because of a nagging groin injury. So a lot going on in this series, but I just want your overall thoughts of the series and where did you feel like the, I guess the, these teams line up? Um, yeah. So with the series, you know, I hate to harp too much on, on the Lakers piece to start off. So uh, hats off to the Suns uh, for them winning the series. We know that injuries. Look at you being a great guy. <laughs> yeah, we know that injuries are a part of the game, man. And um, honestly, they still had to do, you know, what they had to do to advance. Uh, they shot the ball extremely well from from three, especially, of course, with <laughs> Devin Booker. I mean, shooting eight for 10 in the final game from three um, and that 47 points. But I thought overall. Uh, they executed well offensively. Um, I thought that, you know, even though I don't care for this guy as much, uh, the last couple of games, Jay Crowder stepped up um, and provided a good punch from the three-point line. I thought that the whole series, even though he may not have had the best game six, I thought that Cameron Payne had a good impact uh, as, a, as a backup guard and really being able to spell CP3 at times, uh, especially with CP3's shoulder situation. As you've already talked about Devin Booker, we know that he's a star in the league. He's a superstar. Um, he's going to only get better. You know, as you mentioned, he's one of those Kobe disciples. As uh, one of those ones that really looked up, you know, grew up watching Kobe. Kobe being his favorite player. And him also saying that, that basically uh, Kobe's presence was there and that, you know, Kobe or whatever Man, helped him out. How feel about that? Like, <laughs> I'm see. like, I'm <laughs> nodding my head and I'm like, at the same time, like, forget you, dude. I'm like, like, I, like no, D moment, Kobe is a Laker. <laughs> like, so yeah. Kobe wouldn't have been looking right. out really for you at that point. Kobe wants the Lakers to win. Um, but, but shout out to them for the way that they performed. Um, I thought that they did, you know, kind of get a little loose celebration wise and acted like they won the NBA finals when, it was just literally a first round series win that you got. Uh, so uh, I know that they're young and inexperienced and it's the biggest thing that they've done, but I thought they were a little ahead of themselves there. But as you mentioned, everything shifted uh, really with the Anthony Davis injury. Um, and, you know, as we were able to see in game six, he really wasn't able to go uh, before. I mean, when he first got hurt in game four, I remember talking to my dad and I was like, I don't think AD is going to play the rest of this series. Um, and I just, when you have that type of injury, then you start hearing reports and you start seeing what some doctors are saying and saying he'll probably get cleared. So you got a little optimism and it was just clear that he wasn't able to move. So, um, ultimately hats off to the Suns for advancing, but I mean, we do know, uh, the role that the injuries play in this series. Yeah, I think that first off, AD showed a lot of heart by giving it a go. Uh, I don't agree with Chuck. I, I saw him saying inside the NBA that he had no business out there. Uh, but you saw the previous night that he called him Anthony Street Clothes Davis. So which one is it there? Yeah. You know, I think that AD showed a lot of heart. I think that he would have shared criticism whether he went out there or whether he didn't, which he ended up getting criticized for going out there. Uh, he showed a lot of heart by giving it a go. Uh, clearly, he wasn't ready. I saw that uh, probably after the first two 
jogs down the court. I was like, yep. yeah, he's not right. But, you know, for him to get re-aggravated, and he made probably one of the best defensive plays on Devin Booker, ironically, and he ended up getting injured on that play when he contested a Devin Booker shot. So it just kind of shows you the impact. Uh, I think we clearly see uh, the handing of a baton from LeBron. I think he finally looked his age in this series, ankle or not, I think that we are to a point where LeBron is not capable of leading a team like he has in the past. And I think that AD clearly is the the vocal point of this team. I think that we've seen and it's proven that this is AD's team and this team is only going to go as far as AD can take them. And unfortunately, he couldn't go uh, because of a groin injury. I've had a groin injury uh, to a smaller, I guess, degree when I played. And I know that that's one of those things where the only thing that heals that is just rest. Yep. And um, of course, in a short turnaround, he didn't have that capability. Uh, another good thing is I am a Chris Paul fan as well. And it's nice to see him advance past that first round, but I, it's still bittersweet. Uh, same with Devin Booker shouting out Kobe, like you mentioned. It's bittersweet. You know, Kobe is my favorite player, but I don't care that you felt his presence when you put my team out of the playoffs. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, as we go along, I think we have to discuss LeBron's legacy. There are a lot of LeBron fans that listen to us. And as the listeners know, we are not particularly LeBron fans. We are Lakers fans first. Even with Kobe playing for the Lakers, we are Lakers fans first. And um, it, it's, it's a few things with it. Uh, I wasn't satisfied with LeBron's performance during this series, particularly when, when AD went down. I felt like it was the time for him to really step up and take on the bulk of the scoring and to be aggressive. As ironically, we look at with Kobe and the way that Devin Booker performed, that's the way we expected LeBron to perform. And clearly we didn't get that out of him in that first quarter, which I felt like that's where the game was lost. I feel like we got so down in the first quarter that it's just, it, it was just impossible to come back for. And uh, a lot of that was due to the fact that LeBron was so passive, just like he was in game five in AD's absence. And you see him, you know, we miss shots. He's the last person back on defense, you know, giving up fast break points, giving up four on five opportunities. I, I think that, we have to pump the brakes on the go talk for a second, man. I know the numbers suggest go talk and I'm not taking away from him. He's a great player, all time. Great. He's on my NBA Mount Rushmore as we've done in the past. But if you, like you say, Ramon on last podcast, what's resonated with me is that we're not guys that look at box scores or stats. We are guys that look at the game. And clearly when you watch his performance in game five and game six, he, it's another level. Unfortunately, he's at 37. He's 37 years old. 36, 36. 36. And he's entering into his, what, 19th season, maybe? Yeah, next season it'll be 19. Next season. It's another level that we've always evaluated LeBron, and it was always a knock and a crit criticism for him when we said that he doesn't have that assassin mentality. And I thought that it was epitomized in this game five and game six. When you're watching him in the post, he's passing it out. When you watch it, we was down, what, nine, it was like nine to 16. And we finally, it seems like the game was at a, at a crossroads. We, we had got three consecutive stops on the Suns. We made three consecutive trips on, uh, up the floor and we couldn't score. And just thinking about how we evaluated Kobe and we watched every game of his, 
it's no way a fourth time down the court, Kobe seeing that the team needs a spark, that he's not going to take the ball and say, get the hell out the way. I'm about to go make a play and score the bucket. LeBron still passes it off. Uh, clearly, he's not the player that MJ and Kobe is. But what I'm trying to say is that I think with that GOAT talk, we do minimize that assassin factor. I mean, statistic-wise, if you look at it, okay, he's the GOAT, maybe. But when you look at his games, and in particular in game five and game six, when it was time for him to act as though he was the GOAT, it seemed like he shrunk in the moment. And even it's more frustrating to see him in the second half take the ball from coast to coast, blazing like the typical LeBron is capable of, so it's not your ankle, you know, but you put forth so much effort when the game is out of hand. But when it came down to the first quarter, when we could have maybe you could have maybe gave us four or six points in a span until Schroeder gets into the groove, until Kuzma can get into the groove, until some of these grow players get into the groove. He didn't do it. Yeah, um, I, th- I think one of the things uh, for me uh, with this situation of evaluating LeBron in this series and all of that, um, I, I do feel some of it was health-related. I'm not going to give him the complete out with that. I do to believe that the ankle played a part of it to a degree. Uh, but he, in Game 5 and Game 6, as we discussed off-air, is supposed to come out there and set the tone. He has to be aggressive from the beginning, from jump. It's clear that those other guys, they weren't ready to and shouldn't be in the position to have to take the reins in a game like that. And um, in both of those games, to me, in the pivotal stretches where Phoenix kind of stretched the lead out and really took control of the game was when LeBron was the most passive. I go to game five. In the beginning of it, if you look probably the first three or four minutes, you looked and it looked like our, it looked like the Lakers were ramped up. It looked like LeBron was ramped up. And then as things, the wheels start kind of coming off, then all of a sudden you saw this passiveness and just kind of dumping it off to a Schroeder and seeing what he's going to do. Okay, I'll dump it off to, to KCP or Caruso. Um, and so you didn't see that true aggressiveness. And, and my thing with it is, I hate to say it this way, but I didn't care if he went out there and missed 20 shots. I wanted yeah. to see the aggressiveness. I yeah. wanted to see you force the issue. I wanted to see you, you know, come out there and set the tone and not look like, you know, you just going to just, like you said, be super passive. You on a defensive end, you, you loping around there. You're not really doing much. And then, like you said, if you're not getting a the call, then you stand on the other end. And, and it, it just, he didn't set the tone in the way that it needed to be set. Now, for me, I didn't really view this as a legacy changer for him. For me, I didn't view it in that way. Um, so it didn't impact his standing in where I view him among the all-time greats. I have a, a top three that will not change, and he's in that top three. I don't think he'll occupy my number one spot within that top three ever. Um, but this didn't cause me to move him down or up or anything like that or say, you know, he's not in, in this or that vein. But I did want him to come out and set the tone and be aggressive. And I felt that especially specifically in game five, he did it when it, it really didn't even matter. Um, that game yeah. got out of hand in the first half. And then in the third quarter, he puts up numbers. So you go back and look at the stat sheet and say, oh, he had 20 exactly. shot attempts. And oh, he think, had this amount of points and it didn't yeah. really matter. And I don't think that that's ironic, 
you know, I think that, you know, he has a, a certain type of number that he's trying to hit. He's going to get that 25 plus seven and eight, regardless of what the situation is. And like you said, I mean, I, you know, when I said, I hope I didn't misspoke, misspeak, but I, I'm, I agree with you. You know, I do have a top three and that is why I think he can exceed MJ. He can exceed Kobe in my eyes because this was an opportunity for him to really set the tone, like you said. If 12 points were put up on the board for the Lakers, I feel like LeBron should have had 10 of them. And, you know, I think that it, it, a lot is on AD. I think that it was a viewpoint, a vantage point, where I was kind of confused as to who team it was. Uh, but clearly I can see now that it's AD's team, and AD is the motor, and AD has to be available so um, let's kind of shift to that conversation. AD is 20, uh, 26, I think, twenty about to make 27. He's 27 now. He's Fairly 27. young player uh, in, in, in his prime, and it just seems like he cannot stay healthy. Uh, one of the reasons that's pointed out is you see a lot of writers and, and media folks are saying that his training is, may not be where it needs to be, and it, it, has, to be, uh, it has to be evaluated. Um, in this situation, how do you feel about it uh, particularly? Do you feel like it's his conditioning that causes him to be injured a lot or is it, it's his awkwardness? I've always said this guy puts up a layup and he's wallowing all over the ground. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. why are you falling? Like he falls at the most ran, random inopportune time. And I think that that's a lot of it. Body control is a problem. Yeah. But I, I think simply put, he has to stay healthy if we expect to be in that championship talk going forward. Yeah, no, he definitely has to. And I think that there's a couple of things that he has to look into. First of all, you have, you know, the picture perfect example of someone taking care of their body in LeBron James on your team with you. A guy that spends over a million dollars on his body annually. Um, So, I mean, that's the perfect opportunity to see, okay, what are you doing to take care of yourself year in and year out, season in and season out? So I think that he definitely has to evaluate that. But even beyond, you know, that and and particularly maybe even some weight training that he needs, um, I honestly think that he can use, you know, other methods. I I hate to say it, maybe something like yoga or something that helps with, you know, (laughs) some of that body control that you're mentioning. Like he needs to do something. He has to figure out something. And I'm not one of those guys that's, you know, going to just come down on him so, so hard right now, like everybody is doing, but he has to figure it out. Because, I mean, last season he played every game. So, you know, which was a, which was a first. uh, And I mean, overall, just, just, you know, kind of wrapping up on the Lakers segment kind of, it's just, this was a tough season with the COVID protocols, uh, AD going down early in the season and LeBron going down, they're both out. Uh, LeBron was an MVP candidate, a legitimate MVP. It was his to give up prior to him being injured with that ankle injury. So, I mean, I, I think that it, it, it is a lot of, of – I think we do have the right roster. I think we have to get some more shooting. But I think it was it was, it was was hard for them to get into t- to some type of rhythm, whatever that looks like. But I agree, AD has to evaluate the way he's trained. Um, he has to do something to get more body control. Maybe he needs to hit up Alvin Kamara. As far as yeah. just kind of, you know, seeing how can I, you know, do some balance drills like you yeah. do to, to balance myself off. Um, I think that he has to understand within himself. I know LeBron is a first ballot Hall of Famer. I know he's an all-time great top five Mount Rushmore NBA player. 
But he has to understand this is his team. And LeBron, I think he still has a lot of elite uh, years in the league. But I don't think that he is at a point to where he can really, like, 100% lead a team like he did in 2018 or 2016 on some of those uh, NBA championship teams. So I think AD has to realize that. Like, it's not – you know, even when LeBron – you LeBron joined – I mean, yeah, LeBron joined Kyrie in Cleveland. I mean, it would, you know, Kyrie would spot him in the clutch moments, but ultimately it still was LeBron's team. This is different. He teamed up with AD and he needs to rely on AD more than ever, more so than he had to rely on Kyrie. Yeah. Father time is undefeated. So it only makes sense that that transition begins to happen. Um, And so I think that, that that needs to be the case. And, and one more thing, and I don't know if we were going to get into it a little bit later, uh, but even as it relates, you know, as we wrap up this this Lakers segment or whatever, um, yeah. I don't think it is a coincidence. This is therapeutic, by the way. I right. don't care. This right. is not a Lakers podcast, but this is therapeutic. Man. Right. I, I don't think that it's a coincidence that uh, your two teams that were in the NBA finals last season that had 70, you know, uh, under 80 yeah. days of rest. Uh, between that season and this season happened to lose in the first round these were two teams that really had struggles the entire season um, in the Miami Heat and the Los Angeles Lakers that just couldn't get it right over the course over the duration of the entire season um, yeah. I don't think that that's just a coincidence yeah, um, that you can't overlook that yeah you can't overlook that I, I mean we ran out of gas uh, clearly AD and, and LeBron even being hurt. LeBron never gets hurt. He never has a significant injury. Uh, but the past two years, he kind of have. But, I mean, he's he's getting older. But, you know, yeah, I mean, the, the lack of rest, the lack of training camp, I think that the, the crunched up season, I think that it is. I think it's going to be a few years before the NBA gets back into, like, legitimate, like, rest time. But, you know, even in the guys' exit interviews, they mentioned how important it will be for them to have been able to get a full training camp this season. Uh, I don't know if we're going to get into the roster moves. I think we've spent a lot of time yeah. with Lakers. We got a lot more to get into. Um, it's if Schroeder wants to come back, ironically, which shocked me after you yeah. mentioned, you told me, I didn't even know he moved the Lakers out of his bio. Uh, but he said he wants to come back. We'll see if that's fluff. Uh, and Drummond, I don't know if he'll be back. I feel like he wants to really get that big payday. Um, he wouldn't uh, – he failed to really acknowledge whether he wants to be back or not, so we don't know. I expect Montrez Howell to be gone if yeah, both was still there. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see where the roster uh, moves take us. Uh, we're not going to get into the roster moves of the Lakers. Um, just to seal that moment, uh, just – I mean, I was disappointed. I thought we would at least get past the first round as a Lakers fan, but here we are. Uh, we'll be back next year, and I, I know that I'll be watching. I'll look forward to it. I'm taking a break from Lakers basketball. I'll shift my focus to fantasy and the Saints. Yeah. Um, but, of course, for the podcast sake, I will be continuing watching the playoffs. What about you? Yeah, same here. Uh, I'll continue to watch the playoffs. Uh, it's, it's not, I'm just being honest, going to have the same feel that it did have with the Lakers being yeah. in it. Uh, but still as a sports fan and for the listeners as well, going to do our duties with that. But like you said, we're not going to talk about it too much, but focus will definitely be shifting the fantasy and other things like that. But that's a whole nother podcast. For sure, man, for sure. So we saw the Boston Celtics get knocked out of the playoffs at the hands of the Brooklyn Nets. 
and then we saw the Bucks uh, take care of business as well versus the Heat um, in in weird fashion because I don't feel like they played their best basketball, but they were able to uh, get past uh, the Miami Heat. Uh, but now we find them playing the Brooklyn Nets. So the Brooklyn Nets and the Milwaukee Bucks will meet each other in the second round tomorrow night, which would, which is a good, a pretty solid matchup, man. I mean, you got Giannis versus KD. I'm interested to see what the coaches have came up with to scheme for the other superstar. Uh, but ultimately, I feel like Brooklyn will be in the NBA Finals. Uh, but it should be interesting just to see how Giannis handles KD and vice versa here. Yeah, um, honestly, I feel that this is the NBA Finals. Um, I'm going to go out and say, like, the, the team that wins this series will win the championship. Hmm. I 100% believe that. Let me say health involved. As long as both of these rosters stay fully healthy from this mm -hmm. point on, I believe whoever wins this series uh, will ultimately win the championship. Like you said, it's just so many dynamic storylines. Like you said, the the KD Giannis matchup, you know, Drew Holiday and, and the, you know, the problems that he can potentially pose, you know, from a defensive aspect and being able to guard Kyrie and spending some time on James Harden. That's going to be a key piece for Milwaukee, you know, seeing how Chris Middleton uh, will continue to play well and continue to step up throughout the course of this series. I do believe that Milwaukee did get hurt uh, when Don Dante DiVincenzo went down. Um, I thought that that was a really key piece for them because he plays both ends of the floor. He was going to be another defender that you can throw at Kyrie and James Harden, but he can also shoot the basketball as well and can score it uh, pretty well. So I think that the Bucs will miss him. Uh, but ultimately, that big three in Brooklyn is it's just ridiculous. Um, they can give you over 100 plus at any point collectively uh so ultimately going into the series i do favor brooklyn uh but i think it is going to be a long series this is going to be a six or seven gamer and um ultimately i think like i said before the the nba champion will come out of this series okay so let's do it man we've been doing it all playoffs long we've been giving our predictions on who will win the series how many games and which team you feel like will win out of this Bucks and Nets matchup? I'm going to take uh, Brooklyn in seven. I think it's going to go the distance. Uh, I think that mm. that home court in that game seven is going to pay dividends. But I think that from um, a size perspective that uh, Milwaukee poses some challenges for Brooklyn. That's the one kind of Achilles heel is a team that can kind of, you know, present some challenges in the post for them, can present some challenges um with their length and i think that that's something that uh milwaukee can do but ultimately i just can't bet against that big three and you know kd james harden and kyrie i believe that kd in my opinion this is just me but i believe that kd is the best player in the world um and when you put pieces like that around him it's just gonna be difficult to stop that team you've been waiting to legitimize that when he came back from that achilles injury because you, yeah. you was you was chipping at the bit before the achilles injury yeah by saying he may be the best player in the world but now you can say that confidently uh i i'm not gonna dispute that man i think that kd if he's not the best player in the world i think he's the second best uh, after what I saw to LeBron last night, I will say he's the best right now in the world. Uh, I, I think this this series will go to six. I don't think that it's going to go to seven, but I think it'll go to six. And it's because of the reasons that you mentioned. 
I do think that this is an interesting matchup. But ultimately, I feel like with Kyrie and, and James Harden and KD, which debatably may be the top three out of the five best players in the league, some would argue. I wouldn't argue that. I think KD's in that top five. James Harden not in my top five, but I understand if you, if you do have him in the top five, uh, he's in my top ten. But regardless of where you have these players ranked there, some of the most elite talent that we have in our league, uh, I, I think it'll go to game six. I think that the reason why it will go to game six is because of the X factor and Drew Holiday and what he presents as a perimeter defender, one of the best, if not the best uh, guard defender in our league. And not only that, he can score, he can play make, he can do things that the Bucks didn't have last year. And I think he takes a lot of, I know he takes a lot of pressure off of uh, Giannis and what he has to do. He doesn't have to do everything. So I'll take the uh, Brooklyn Nets in six here. Uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup, and I'm looking forward to how it kicks off tomorrow. I don't know how that, that six games going to look. I don't know who's going to win which game, but I know that it will fall somewhere in between. It'll be very interesting, very competitive. Um, so let's move on to the next matchup. Since we're in the East right now, we got Philly that advanced. Uh, speaking of a very injury-riddled type player, We've seen this out of Embiid his whole career. Embiid was diagnosed with a partial tear in his meniscus, uh, which they say that he's going to try to give it a go. He hasn't, since he torn it, he missed the last two games of the series. So I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know. I don't think they've announced if he's going to be playing in this game one um, against the uh, sorry with Atlanta Hawks. Uh, Atlanta Hawks here. But I think that him being injured or him being hurt does give Atlanta a, a puncher's a puncher's chance to win this series and maybe squeak. We saw Trey Young is not fearing the big stage, not fearing the big moment. In fact, we saw him embrace it, and we saw him step into this realm of superstardom uh, with the with the Hawks, averaging twenty five and and I think ten here in his previous first round matchup against the Knicks. Um, this this Knicks, I mean, I'm sorry, this Atlanta Hawks. Philadelphia Sixers series has become very interesting, man. Give your thoughts on it. Yeah, no, honestly, I do believe that Atlanta has a legit chance in this series now with Joel Embiid being in question. Um, if Joel Embiid were fully healthy, then this was going to be a five, maybe six game, or most likely a five game series. But with him not being on the Your floor, gentleman sweep. yeah, gentleman sweep. You know, I love the gentleman sweep. Uh, but uh, with him not being on the floor, that just changes um, so much. And um, even the offensive dynamic from Philly, you have to rely on. You know, he granted he stepped up, but you have to rely on a Seth Curry to score more than he usually is accustomed to scoring. You know, Tobias is going to have to carry that load from an offensive perspective. If you get into some close games, can you depend and leave Ben Simmons in in the fourth quarter mm -hmm. when they decide to start fouling we him? Got, you know, we got to get to that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, there's just so many different dynamics. And this is a talented Hawks roster. You know, this is a team that started off the year slow. Uh, because they had so many of the things, you know, that they had to face from an injury perspective, a COVID perspective. And so it caused them to get off to a slow start. They had the coaching change and everything just kind of took off from there. And so uh, what is kind of a, a, a slick and underlying factor is the defense that the Hawks played in that first round series against the Knicks 
where you can see them implement maybe some of those similar principles with how they decide to maybe guard Ben Simmons to a degree. Um, so this is a series that's going to be very interesting. You know, we got to see kind of Joel and B's status as we go forward, but I really don't think that he's going to play. I, I don't think he'll play this series. And if he plays any of this series, I think that it'll be late in the series. I don't think that he's going to come and play any of the first couple of games. Wow. But. Yeah. Uh, and like you mentioned, I mean, Philly does have the talent to really kind of, you know, maybe man the ship until MB gets back. Tobias, as always, as he's proved during the regular season, when Embiid is out, Tobias really takes over offensively and he, he showed that he's more than capable even back in his Orlando days that he can, you know, he can, he can get a bucket. Um, but you mentioned an interesting aspect of this series and then we'll get into our prediction of the winner of this series, but that's Ben Simmons. Uh, ben Simmons uh, doesn't, like we've discussed over many podcasts, refuses to shoot um, and is incapable of shooting, but then his free throw shooting has been an issue so far in these playoffs and to so far uh, to the extent of, the hacker shack has been used on the hacker band where yeah. teams are strategizing to put him on the line late in the game because they know that he's no threat on the line and to extend the game. With that being said, even if you do have an MB, a healthy MB during these NBA playoffs, I don't think that Philly has a significant chance to win a championship if their best ball handler and their most talent, well, second talented player on their team, but most importantly, the, 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 is handling the ball the majority of the time. Can I shoot and can I shoot free throws down the stretch? Yeah, no, it's not going to be something that's sustainable for them as they go along in the playoffs. The gap between them and Washington was just so large that the impact of it, you don't really mm -hmm. see it in that series. But as that talent gap narrows and you get into those games where those couple of possessions really matter down the stretch of games, it's going to be difficult. I mean, I think that in that series, in the uh, first round series, I don't think he made a free throw until like game four. Um, mm -hmm. It definitely wasn't at least until game three. I know the first two, he didn't make one, but I think it was game four. So that's going to be something that's, that they have to watch going forward. I think that it will impact this series to a degree, uh, but to not harp on it and labor on it too much. What I will say is still ultimately in this series, I can't pick against Philly. Ultimately, I do think that they will end up winning this series. I'm going to pick them winning this series in six games. Uh, I believe mm -hmm. that the Hawks can make it interesting, especially in the way that Trey Young is playing. One thing that I will do do think is going to be key is um, how much is Ben Simmons going to defend Trey Young? Um, it's kind mm -hmm. of a weird and interesting and awkward matchup. But yeah. do you put, you know, that length on Trey Young to kind of give him a different look than what he saw in that New York series to maybe frustrate him some? So I think that that's going to be a key. But ultimately, I have Philly in six because of the Embiid injury. OK, yeah, I got Philly in six as well. I think because of the Embiid and uncertainty, that's why the game is going to six. But I'm with you. I'm going to use your thing. Gentlemen sweep if Embiid was healthy here. But it's nice to see Atlanta. It's nice to see Coach McMillan revive his coaching career and what he's been able to do with Atlanta. I do think that they're very, very close to being a competitor in that Eastern Conference. Uh, just kind of moving on to the West here. Uh, of course, uh, the West is not popping without the Lakers in it. <laughs> but uh, the, 
I'm only speaking as a fan, but uh, we are recording on uh, what is what this is Saturday night, uh, Sunday morning, early, uh, and we just finished watching the Mavs play the Clippers. Uh, we saw you, you all, you all up. It's Friday night, brother. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, it's Friday night, Saturday, Saturday morning. Saturday morning. Hey, I've been throwing off since Memorial Day, man. I was off from work, so it kind of just threw all my days off. But yeah. yes, we, we recorded on Friday night, Saturday morning. Uh, we witnessed the Mavs and the Cavs. They are going to game seven after the Clippers were able to pull off a win in Dallas. The weirdest series ever. Uh, no team has won on their home floor still, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm a man of patterns, man. If, if that's the case, I have to believe that the Mavs are going to go to L.A. and go ahead and, and win that thing, man, in advance. I mean, no team has won on their home floor, so why would they now? Um, but that series has been interesting. I think that Luca has earned my respect. I think people will raise an eyebrow when they said it, but I, I like to evaluate players, especially on the big stage. And this guy has done it second year in a row where he has made these Mavs relevant, has put them on his back and his shoulders and has lifted them. Um, this series will be interesting, but ultimately I feel like the Mavs will advance. And that, that game is on two is at 2 30 on Sunday. So mm-hmm. I'll be definitely watching. Yeah. No, I, I think that that is going to be a very good game. I think what's going to be interesting is to see how Luca in game seven handles these traps um and these doubles that he saw a little bit more often uh in tonight's game. You know, I felt that he was a little bit too passive at moments came out really aggressive and then once it got to really later in the first and, and into the second quarter and beyond he he became a little bit too passive but I believe in game seven he's going to come out guns blazing I gotta believe that Luca will be able to get it done um Luca and let me just ask you this this quick question uh Luca's in your top five right is he in your top five no he's not he's not in your top five no he's not I think we do have to go over our top five players in the league. I Luca's in my top five, man. No, he's not. Who? So who you taking out? I know uh, you got KD. You got LeBron. KD, LeBron. Giannis. Uh, I think Luca's better than Giannis. Okay. <laughs> I think Luca's better than Giannis. If you ask me who I rather have on my though, team, huh? Yeah, I mean, I know that Giannis does it on both sides of the floor defensively, but if you're asking me if I got to take one of those guys to have on my team, I'm taking Luka. Luka, Luka's in my top five. I believe, let me say this as well, I believe when ESPN does their thing where they talk about the players, the top 100 players going into the season, I believe firmly that they'll rank Luka number one going into the next season. I believe that they will do that. But yeah, for shock value. Yeah. But I, I believe he's top five in the league. But that's a whole nother discussion. Who's but, your top five in the NBA? You got me interested. Oh, man. my top five in the NBA. So uh KD, uh LeBron is in my top five still. I have Steph in my top five. So that's three of the five. I have Luca in there, so that's four of my five. And um I'm <sighs> That fifth spot is so tough because I have Dame around there, I have James Harden around there, and I have um and I have um Giannis around there. But if I have to choose one, 
I'm I am a little biased to Dame. So I I know that I mentioned before that he was about six or seven, but I got to put him top <laughs> he five. He changed your mind. Yeah. yeah so so he, that that's my top five. You know, y'all can argue about my top five, say that it ain't it, but that's who I yeah. got. You know. I, I, I can't put Luke in my top five. He's running. He's a, he's definitely in my top ten. Uh, I, I definitely got. I got uh, no particular order. I got. I got AD in my top five when he's healthy. I got um, Giannis there. I have LeBron. I have KD. And then I'm with you. I, I'm. I debate. Go back and forth. Probably Dame and James Harden there. I so really wait. Really Steph's should. not in your top five. Uh. I don't know. Maybe I'm being biased. Yeah, and you think yeah. that and you think that definitely like James Harden and, and and Dame are above Steph? Is that what I'm getting from what you just said? Man, to me, uh, an unpopular opinion, Steph and Dame are very, very, very close to me. They are very, very, very close. I, th- I think that they've gotten closer. I think they've gotten closer. I think that it is close, but I still think Steph is. If, if I had to they're, take one of these, I'm taking Steph. They're interchangeable. They are very interchangeable. Because, I mean, if you want to say the deciding factor, I would say the clutch factor. I don't know. I don't know if Steph has the clutchness that Dame has. Yeah, but I I just I, I still that, partially can't. Away yeah, from, yeah, I from, still can't partially get that 2019 series Western Conference Finals out of my mind. Uh, when they had the chance to go mano a mano, and and Steph was clearly the better player at that point. But yeah, um, I mean, but it's 2021. We've seen yeah for the past Dame. two years what Dame is is capable of. I mean, that dude is a is a is a monster. He's an assassin. So it's super close. So I think that right there, I think Dame and, and the stuff are interchangeable. I, I mean, in fact, for that fifth spot, it's either it's either Dame or Steph for me. Somebody got to take it though. Who who takes it? Yeah, Dame. I got okay. Dame. All I right, the Dame and stuff. But anyway, okay. we got our ran up on a tangent. But um, like you said, my point is with Luca. I think he's a very very extremely special talent. Only twenty two years old. My goodness. So he has a long ways to go. I think he's going to, this league is going to be in his hand. Um, the things that he's doing at such a young age by just instinct is just amazing. Like you say, he will be in my top five in the next year. So for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go Mavs here, uh, follow yep. the pattern like you. And uh, we'll be looking forward to that game seven matchup at 2.30. I think it's on ABC or ESPN. One of yeah, those. it should be on ABC. Should be on ABC. ABC. Yeah, ABC match. That seemed like a very ABC-ish time, 2.30 on a Sunday. Yeah. Uh, so the next matchup we have to go over is the Nuggets and the Suns who put us out. I think the Nuggets are going to run away with it. I'm going to go with your gentleman sweep here. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take, actually, I'm going to take Nuggets in six. I, I do believe that the book is good enough to get them two games uh, with the level that he's playing at, but the Nuggets, they just have a deep team. I mean, the fact that they're doing this without Jamal Murray, mm. it like hats off to them to be able to play at the level that they're playing without Jamal Murray. Um, I'm not going to highlight this guy too much, but I don't understand how the Knicks couldn't use Austin Rivers with the way that he's been playing for uh, Denver. But guys that we talked about, I know you mentioned off air, Monte Morris, a guy that you, you know, really looked at and really watched his game and the high level he's been playing at. We know what Aaron Gordon has been doing. 
Michael Porter Jr. looks to be taking that next step. And um, Jokic mm. has been playing like a true MVP. So Yeah, that's my uh, MVP. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think that ultimately, I think that Denver is a, a better team. I'm taking Denver in this series in six. Uh, but I do believe that D-Book will be D-Book. It's going to be interesting to me how now Aiden steps up in this series against Jokic um, is what I think will be a key factor. But ultimately, I got Denver. Yeah, that's a, that's a good that's a good take there. That's a good take, man. Uh, so the Jazz, we didn't discuss them. The Jazz looked really, really good against the um, Grizzlies. Grizzlies. But I mean, come on. Dang, dang you doing John <laughs> them boys like that. Yeah, but – I will say the Grizzlies, they are a talented team. They will, they are, they are, they got a couple years, a couple pieces, but they are a talented team. Uh, but I think that uh whoever they play, whoever the Jazz play out of the Nuggets, which I think will be the Nuggets, will be a beast. But I think the Jazz, man, they're just a real deep team, man. They just a, uh, you know, they, they had Donovan Mitchell and then they just got Joe Ingles, they got John Clarkson, they got Rudy Gobert, they just got guys that really plays there, you know, even O'Neal. You know, they got guys that just really play their role extremely well there. So it's going to be interesting to see. They're sitting there waiting on the winner out of the um, – like uh, The Mavs there. and the Clippers. The Mavs and the Clippers, I'm sorry. Yeah, the Mavs yeah. and the Clippers. So uh, that will be interesting if the Mavs were able to get there. So um, I guess we can't speak on that. But we did cover the outlook. We gave our predictions on the playoffs. Uh, unfortunately, rest in peace to the Lakers. Just couldn't. It just wasn't a year, bro. It just, just wasn't saying, our year, man. Yeah, man. But it just seemed like we shouldn't have went out like this, man. Yeah, we hey, championship. Yeah, hey. But still, ultimately, until things settle down next month in July, we still the defending champs. So we still <laughs> reigning champs <laughs> until right. that moment comes. 2020 so, NBA champs. 2020 baby. NBA champs. So we'll rest on that. We'll be back next year. Uh. I I saw a lot of outrageous takes that were happening on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, even your uncle Stephen A going on his uh, I know you, rant. I know where you're going. With this one. <laughs> even your uncle Stephen A going on his rant as well about the Lakers being finished and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, I think all it's of just, it. Yeah, it's just, just shock value yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, it's fun it's, to talk about the Lakers in a negative way. You know, you're gonna get clicks on that. Uh, we, you know, the Lakers are America's team, so yeah, it's all good, man. We'll yeah. be back next year. It does sting a little bit. Uh, it's, it's it's unfortunate to not have a horse in the race, but yet we're basketball fans, so we still gonna watch, even though we say we're not gonna watch. So it's all good, man. So we for the wrap up, we appreciate you for hanging with us this long. We're gonna go ahead and get on out of here. Make sure that you subscribe to the Opinionated Benchwarmers on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Stitcher. And be sure to uh, leave a review if you can and follow us on all socials, O underscore Benchwarmer on Instagram and Twitter. And for you old heads that love Facebook, you can search us, Opinionated Benchwarmers, and give us a like and you will have access to all the content we drop there as well. Until next time we bid you adieu, enjoy the rest of the NBA playoffs. Like we said, we are here for the entire duration, even though we don't have a horse in the race anymore. Uh, we'll be recording frequently more emergency podcasts coming soon and we are out of here until next time thank you later